Good morning. <laughs> yeah, so first of all, um, John told me to preach, not to preach exactly about you guys are studying Luke, but I'm going to be just telling my story, how everything started, a little bit of my testimony, how I came to Christ and everything. So I told John, in my, he said, just take as much time as you want. So I'm, I'm going to be like an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. So, no, just kidding. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'll just try, I'll be pretty short, so I think. Don't get mad if we leave early today, so. I'm going to start, first of all, I'm from El Salvador. So if you might hear a little bit of my accent and a little bit of uh, struggles with my second language in here. So I, it's actually my first time preaching in English, so I've never done that, which is hard, but I hope you guys like it. <laughs> okay, so my story started like this, basically. I was born in El Salvador in 1991. It was a post-war time, and I was born in a Christian community, like a Christian family. My dad was a preacher, and my mom used to go to church all the time. So that was a blessing, even though it was like a, a really strict, uh, rigid, uh, religious uh, Christian church. I knew the basics of Christianity. You know, I, I would praise the Lord. And then when I turned 12 years old, I baptized. And guess what happened after? I left church. Two weeks later, I didn't go back to church until lots of things happened for a lot of years. So it was hard during that time. Um, it was, uh, we were having a lot of issues with the gangs, uh, the post-war thing that was going on. Um, I was 12 years old, so the gangs will be recruiting kids my age to be part of the gang and killing people and stuff like that. Uh, and be like, oh, okay, you are old enough to come and come with me and go, you know, kill some people just from another neighborhood. That's how it was. And it was tough. Um, we had to deal with a lot of, uh, um, I would go to school and then I'll ask for my friends and they would be like, oh, actually, he got killed last night. And it would be like a week, every week we would be losing two or three friends. So it got to a point where my parents were like, it's, the survival chances are really low. So we got to go somewhere else. So my parents uh, immigrated to the United States, came to San Francisco. Nine months later, they brought us back. And, and since I moved here, I love this. I love San Francisco so much. And I fell in love with the city, the weather. God bless the weather of San Francisco, right? So uh, now um, I went to school after I uh, went to Mission High where I met John. <laughs> and he helped me a lot with playing ping pong and playing guitar. We did get, I was part of the guitar club in Mission High. And that's how I got to know him. After that, I thought I was a rock star. 
because of a guitar club, um, there were a lot of uh, places we played. We played here in San Francisco. We played at the Warfield, probably the, the American, Great American Music Hall, the Fillmore. Like, oh, we were playing all there, like Rocapulco. And then I felt like I was a rock star. But then reality kicked in. Um, I thought living life was just about hanging out with friends and doing all these things, drinking. Uh, I, actually, I, I didn't say that, but I started smoking when, and drinking when I was 13. So uh, when I came to the United States, uh, I was like, thank you, God. I know you did it. I know you brought me here. You saved my life. But, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough for you. I don't think I can be part of a church. I don't think uh, I can serve you because I'm a dirty sinner. So I, I don't feel, uh, and that's the way I, I was raised. Cause, you know, I was raised in a church where if you sin, you have no hope. It's like you get kicked out of church and all those things. So that's the way it was. And then, so I, I thank God for coming here, but then I was not happy with myself. So I started going, uh, I met, after I graduated from school, we, we, uh, the guitar club was a, such a blessing because they let us play with a lot of uh, great musicians, uh, Joshua Radin, uh, uh, OK Go, uh, other guys, Carlos Santana, other guys that would come to the, to the school and then just play with us. So it was awesome. But then I met a diff- couple of different musicians, and then these guys, they were, they were really good friends, but then we would be going out all the time, and in a certain time, I didn't realize I was really deep addicted to drugs, alcohol, and everything. And I, I tried getting out. I was like, I need to go out of this. I need to figure out a way to get out of this. I will stop for a week, two weeks, and then I would not be able to quit. I'll go back to drinking. I was really... Uh, struggling with that. My parents would stay in church and stuff, always praying with us, always praying for me. But then I was like, I don't, have, I don't want anything with God. I know, he's my, I know he's taking care of me, but that's, I'm not for him. You know, I'm not good enough. So that was the thing that kind of pulled me into being myself and trying to be the, the person I was. So after lots of years, I spent six years drinking every day, doing drugs every day, not a break at all, and until one night. It was at 3 a.m. in the morning on a November 2017, no, 2016. I was crazy drunk and drugs, and I was laying in bed, I couldn't get up, and I was watching, you know, my phone. I was laying down on my phone. And then for some reason, I don't know what happened, but in my phone just a video popped out of this Argentinian guy that was just a skinny guy. He was telling something funny, and it caught my attention, and then from there, he started talking about life. And I started crying. I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on. I put the phone away. I got up. And then I stood for like five seconds. Then from those five seconds, I collapsed. 
I fell on my knees. I cried my soul out. I was like, Lord, I can't do this. I know you're too good for me, and I'm not good enough for you. But if you can do something with this nothing, you do whatever you want. So I repented. I came back to Christ since that day. And since that day, I have not been alone. Since that day, I could tell my life changed. I gave up my life. Uh, I gave up everything. I said, you know what? I'm just going to serve you in either way you want. Like, I'm not putting my rules. I died today. You take control of my life. And God blessed me so much since that day. So what I can tell you, what I can assure you, that God is real. He is real. He lives. And he's there for us in every moment. Even when we feel so lost that we, like, we have lost everything, that we have no energy, that's why he actually comes and grabs you with his arms and he holds you. I felt good. And since that moment, I said, this is my new home. I don't care where I go. I don't care what I do as long as I have God. And I said, I don't care if I'm going to be doing uh, anything. Like, I could serve you. I could be mopping the floors every day for you. I don't care. And then he said, no. Actually, I want you to tell your story. I want you to share it with people. I want you to do it with uh, everybody. And, that was, and that's the only thing I preached from, from since that day. That's my story. Um, after that, I met my beautiful wife. And I didn't want, I, 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 want, I wasn't in a relationship with God. I would pray. I would be with him. And, but I was, I was still angry at church. I was like, you know, still, I don't think, I don't, want, I don't fit in in this church. So I met my wife, and she said, you know, let's go to church. I was like, you know, I'll go to, like, you know, the, the, the meetings, like little, like, home, home meetings and stuff like that. And I went, and I started liking it. Then I started going to church. And just as I expected, um, church was tough. Because I went back to my parents' church, which it was uh, really strict, rigid, uh, and uh, legalistic church. And it came to a point where even they told me, like, uh, I don't think people like you fit in here. Just because the way I looked or stuff like that. I had long hair. It's, it's a, you know, for them, that's a big thing. <laughs> so, and, and that happened. So I, but I stayed in that church uh, with my wife. We got married. We had two kids. And, and that was a blessing. So I was like, as long as I want to hear, the, uh, I can hear about your story. I, I want to learn more about God. I don't care where I am. So... I stayed in that church for three years. Then uh, a pastor friend came in. He was like, you know, I know you can play guitar. Come play with me. So uh, he invited me to his church, and and I started playing. Then before that happened, I I changed the church. There was something in me that was like, I need to do something. Because I had a lot of things to say. I wanted to tell my story, but I didn't know how. And... To the people that I wanted to tell this story, they maybe they were like, "I don't want to listen to you. You know, like it, you're not that interesting." 
So I, what I said, uh, I asked the Lord. And then I, I asked him, I just said, what, what could I do? What could I do to tell my story? And then I felt, I'm not going to be like, oh, the Lord told me, right? But I felt in my heart, just open your heart. Just open your heart and tell your story. So, and I didn't know a way. So what I, I didn't understand very well. So I, I only thing I had was Facebooks. So I opened a, a Facebook page uh, called Open Heart, which is in Spanish is Corazón Abierto. And I started um, writing a little bit of sentences that I would like to hear. Like, don't give up, you know? Like, the Lord is with you. Like, you know, things like that. Little sentences. And then I put, like, a little image. I'll, I'll, I started getting creative, and I posted it. And that page, uh, it came to a couple of weeks. I had, like, 10 followers. And two of them were my mom and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and my three friends. So... That's all I had. But then I started, I, I started, I kept on loading pictures, and every time I was writing uh, stuff and then posting it, I felt so happy. I was like, you know, I, I was coming out, uh, everything, everything that I had to say was coming out. And then I started, there, there was people coming into, uh, um, adding more people, more followers into the page, and then when I realized in a couple of weeks, I got to like 200 followers. And I was like, okay, there is something in here. So I, uh, there's 200 people. Okay, I should keep doing it. But then, pandemic hit. And it was tough. And I saw it happening because in that page, from 200 followers, it came to 1,000. And that 1,000 people, I started getting... Uh, text messages, uh, calls from people asking for counseling. Nobody knew who I was because no, my face was never there. So there were some people that actually would go to the same church that I was <laughs> that would never talk to me in church, but they were actually asking for advice in that, in that, uh, through the page. And I would be praying for them. I will be answering their messages and, you know, giving a little bit of counseling. And then, but they, they never knew who it was who was behind all that. So I would be praying for them and, and doing all those things. So when the pandemic hit, there was I, had, uh, I moved the church. I moved to another church, and then this pastor was my pastor. He he said, "You have that page. You know, um, you have uh, a lot of things that are going on. So why why don't we do a live stream?" So. I, I actually had a list of topics and questions of people that were asking, and I was like, that's a, actually a great idea. So I, I, I put the list down, and I put a camera, and uh, the church borrowed uh, the, the church band, and they started playing some music. Then we answered the question. A lot of people came to Christ during that night and that day, and it was awesome. And then from there, we haven't stopped. Every week, we have been going live and answering uh, questions, uh, doing the counseling. And we've gone crazy uh, in, in a lot of places. Now, um, after these uh, couple of years of working on that, we saw we, we have about 18,000 followers. And, and, and every week, there, there's like 50 or 60,000 people watching the video. So it's awesome, and it's great what God can do with 
people like me, you know, just people that just give up on him. And, and every time I, the Lord blesses me and the Lord uses uh, this program and everything that we do, all I re can remember is that prayer I did. I'm just a drunk man, drunk, broken man. But if you can do something with this nothing, it's all your... So it was not me. So every time I feel like, you know, it's great. God is doing amazing things. And all the, uh, he let me uh, meet you guys and be in this church and be with you guys. I'm like, you know, it's not because of me. It's just, you know, I just put everything in his hands and he does it all. So why? So now we come to Petra. After all this happening, and I see, I see that there were people like everybody was opening their hearts. They were, they've been talking to us, sending messages. And there has been times that every week we, we have at least 25 or 30 people receiving Jesus in a week, uh, sending messages, asking for prayers, all these things. And there's a pattern that we see. Every time somebody opens their heart to Christ, they feel exposed. They feel like they, I don't know if you guys have ever talked to somebody and you tell your secrets. You'll be like, you know, I suffered this. I, I was dealing with this. And then after that, you feel like, oh, wow, what is he going to do with this? You know, did I talk too much? And that comes that insecurity. It's like, did I say, did I say too much to actually... Uh, affect me. And then it's hard. So what I think when we open our hearts, we need convictions. So after we have seen all these and we have worked with all these people, there's that pattern that everybody just returns to Christ, but then they have nothing to do with that emptiness. And they have nothing to do with that. So we, we're, I, I was struggling to find a way to do something with these people. It's like, I need to have something to, they can lay on. And I came, and I came to what the Lord said. When Jesus asked Peter, who do you think I am? Well, before that, I think that was on Luke 6. Uh, you guys have been studying Luke. So. And that part where, where Jesus asks uh, Peter, it's like, what, what do those people think I am? They say, oh, you're a prophet. You're a, maybe Elias. But then he said, what do you think I am? And then he said, you're the son of God. And then he said, that's, that's right. And that was not revealed by flesh or blood. That was revealed by the, by the God himself. And that's going to be, and you're Peter, and that's going to be un under that statement that you just said, I'm going to build my church. So in the Greek side, it doesn't say, uh, you're Peter, and, on, the, and over the, on top of this Petra, I'm going to build my church. So Petra is the foundation of the church. So Petra, what you see, is the foundation of every person. Because you and I are church. So if we have that foundation in everything, 
We can build anything we want. I don't know if you know this. You might. But we're all builders. Every day, we lay a brick in our lives. Every day, everything we do, we're laying bricks on top of one another. Every decision we make, it's another brick that we put. Every thing we work for, it's another brick that we work. But uh, Jesus, on, on Matthew, oh no, yeah, yeah. And, and um, hold on. Yeah. So Jesus asks, uh, tells this a little, this little story, and he comes. It's like everybody who follows my words is like a builder who builds his house on top of this uh, of the rock. And there, the wind comes, attacks it, but it stays because it is on, the, on top of the rock. But whoever doesn't follow my words is like a person who starts building on top of sand. And he starts building, but the wind comes and the river comes, and he gets attacked, and the house falls down. So, as you can see, everybody builds. You might build anything you want. You might have your own business. You might have your own house, your, anything you want, your titles, everything. But the most important part is our foundation. What are we building on? So, my, as a preacher, as I'm, turning, I'm trying to focus not into building. I'm trying to focus on foundation. So that's, what, that's why Petra comes from, that I want to make sure that everybody who listens to the words, I say, is listening about foundation, how to reinforce our foundation, how to reinforce our conviction, how to grow as a person, and be everything that we build on is going to last because... It is laying on top of the rock. If, there wasn't, if this wasn't true, there wouldn't be people suiciding in, in, in the rich uh, areas. There are suicides, right, suicidals riding a Porsche and Lamborghinis. They have everything built on, but they have no foundation. So that's the most important part, and that's what I want to focus on. And in this life, we have a lot of things to work on. I, the people I've been working with these last couple of years, uh, Carlos is here. He's, um, he was actually reached by our program. He, was, um, he came to Christ. He returned to God because of this. And he's been a great help. He's been one of the... Guys that serves the most in the church, he, he's one of the guys that does, like, amazing things. He's always there first and the last to go because he fell in love with, the, with Christ. So my wife and I, we, 
everything that we do, we are surround, everything goes around God, everything that we do, every choice. We don't think about what we're going to do for our vacations. We don't think what we're going to do. We, the first thing we think is like, what are we going to do next for the kingdom? And, and that's one of the things that we have. And God, uh, Jesus said, follow justice and the kingdom and the heaven's kingdom and the rest will come as a compliment. And that's what we have experienced so far. So, I, so the word for tonight, like I said, I was going to be quick. It's like, make sure our foundation is solid. That's the most important thing. Whatever is happening now, whatever is happening, the struggles that you're going through, don't focus on that. And if you have no idea what's, what's going on, just I'll, I'll ask you tonight to do this little exercise with me. Just close your eyes for a little moment. And think of yourself. What's the worst that can happen? And it's going to be an exercise just like the one that we, uh, when you go to a pool and then you put your, uh, when you jump inside and then you try to hold it as much as possible and then you go down and breathe. So you breathe in and until you feel that moment, you, you think about what, what's the worst that can happen. I'm not going to tell you. To me, the worst thing that could happen was would be, you know, to lose uh, my kid, my kids. That would be the worst thing I, I could imagine as a father. And after you feel that, that's the bottom of your life. What choice do you make? What do you feel in that? Is everything trembling? Is everything falling apart? If it's not, it's, it's now the time to choose. We need... Jesus as our foundation. If the only thing you can see, I, and I'm not going to tell, and I'm not telling you this just because it happened. Three years ago, my mom uh, was killed by a drunk driver when she she was only 49 years old, and that was the worst. I was it was on the day of my anniversary, which is even worse, and I was in vacation with my wife. I talked to my mom three hours before she passed away. And I was telling her, I didn't know she was gonna, it was going to happen. But then, when I came home, I was at the hard, one of the hardest moments I ever suffered. Because everybody who knows me, how I was with my wife, she was my, she was my queen. She was my everything. I had nothing else. She was, uh, she was the only one to have faith in me. She would... She was holding me oh, every time that I was struggling with something. She would come with me. When I was drunk, she would come and pray for me. When I was, like, blacked out drunk, she would come in the middle of the night, and she would hold my feet and pray for me. And that, that woman left on a very important day of my life. But what I felt was Jesus out there holding me. It was like, people leave, but I'm not going to leave you. Even if your mother and your father leaves you, I'm not going to leave you. 
in that promise has been with us till now, so far. So I promise you, if we have Jesus as our foundation, we have everything. And if we are everything but our foundation is not Christ, then we have nothing. So that's it. God bless you.